Hi, this is Matthias from FI Europe and today I talk with Ines about how to calculate if a property is worth buying it. Ines already has been recently in the podcast and for those who don't know her, she's from Portugal, a mother of two and works for a big European financial institution in Frankfurt. She's also a blogger in the financial independence community in Europe and owns several properties herself. Today we talk about why it is important to evaluate real estate quickly, how to calculate that and what the differences here between some of the European countries are. So I hope you like the episode. Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, geo-arbitrage and making the most of your money. This was your hosts, Alvar, Erminta and Matthias. Welcome to another interview of the FI Europe podcast. And uh, today with me is Ines. Hi, Ines. Hi, Matthias. And she's our top-notch expert for real estate. You have been often in, in the podcast uh, recently. Now we want to cover uh, the topic um, how you can quickly check if uh, some property makes a profit. And it's important to be able to uh, quickly judge about it. I would say we, we just start with some some beliefs people have about real estate again, because it's very important. And then we will also introduce some KPIs and, and compare them, um, how they work in different countries and so on. Uh, so Ines, what, what do you think people have in their heads um, that is maybe wrong about real estate? We can start with the beliefs. So I think the first, uh, let's say, error people do is... Um They try to analyze real estate as if this is cheap or expensive, normally comparing the buildings or the apartments in the same area and actually focusing on the price, whether it's going to increase or not, sometimes even focusing on the past, if it has increased a lot or not, instead of focusing on the cash flow that the, the apartment or the house can generate. So price is uncertain. You never know what's going to happen in the future. Um, the past is the past. Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, we, we are now living in, in a time where prices are increasing very significantly everywhere, at least in the cities. I think price is uncertainty and cash flow. It's also not 100% accurate, but I, I think you can pretty much estimate more or less accurately the cash flow in the next years. Of course, you never know what's going to happen in 20 years, but in the next following years, you can estimate. And this is why I believe focusing only on the price of the property is not the best way to, to invest in real estate. Cash flow, focusing on the cash flow, things that you can estimate with actual data is a much better approach. And um, yeah, to find out how much cash flow you will generate, you need to uh, quickly be able to to calculate a potential deal. So why is it important? It's important um, because you can you can compare deals with each other. You can also have your a certain cash flow number that you want to generate and then um, yeah you can just say okay that's that's 6% cash flow I will do it or 7 and you can also compare with your friends and compare deals from you get from brokers and your your other properties you might already have which is also important, you can make your decisions pretty fast because the best deals are often gone very fast. I've recently uh, looked into a website, I found a great deal and it was gone after 30 minutes. Um, that's why you have to make your decision very quickly, at least in Germany. I'm not sure how it's in other countries. You also, I mean, you still need the time for the financing and negotiations. So that's why you at least need to make your initial decision fast. 
and you also want to have profitable assets in your portfolio and, and uh, th by that you can also increase your credit score to be able to purchase even more uh, real estate and that's that's my reasons uh, i would say uh, why it's important to quickly calculate does it help your credit score if you have a profitable asset to yeah sure if you have real estate in your portfolio that is maybe too expensive or uh, is not generating cash flow at all um, then the bank will, yeah, it's not a bonus. <laughs> if you want to finance another in additional real estate, they, they say, oh, look, you need to maybe pay more for, of your own capital. And if you already have um, working real estate that is generate cash flow every month, then of course, they will also lend you more money for uh, other objects in the future. Mm, I see. I see. I have, okay. I didn't know this. But yeah, definitely having some ways of doing a quick calculation, it's uh, important to compare offers and um, and also because it implies a, a rate of return. And so if you have that rate of return in your mind, then you can you can quickly calculate like the maximum price you can pay for a property and and so on. There are three numbers we're thinking of how, how you can calculate your profit of a property. And these are the price to rent ratio, the annual cash flow and the some percentage rule. We, I would like to, with you, Ines, um, go through all of these three numbers and may, maybe make a short example that people know at least which numbers to look at. Ines, what is the price to rent ratio? Uh, yeah, so the price to rent ratio is basically the price of the property, uh, 200k, uh, divided by the rent it generates per month. So normally it gives you like the number of uh, months uh, that it would take you to repay the property, let's say. For example, if you have an apartment for 100k that you can uh, rent it for a thousand, it means that in 100 months you have your apartment paid. Basically, that's what it means. This is very good to compare if your goal is to, to rent long-term renting, then this is a very good ratio, especially to compare cities. And um, there are even websites who do it per city, so you can see which cities are more profitable than others. So you can see, okay, the price to rent ratio is 100, but then in this other city is 150. So maybe it's, um, yeah, it's better to, to buy the 100 than the 150, because then I, I, I can pay my apartment with the rent quicker so it's a better investment right so i think this this one is is widely used by many investors and even like uh, funds who invest in real estate but of course this rent is focused on long-term renting so if you have other strategy to to get the return on your real estate investment then it would not be the best the best kpi let's say Mm. So you can't use it for short-term rental, that, that KPI? I think you can't. You could maybe adapt, but this the goal of this KPI is for long-term rentals. And then there's the, the annual cash flow, and that is um, that you can use also for short-term rental, I guess. Exactly. There's also a quick way, not as quick as the price-to-rent ratio, but there's also a quick, a quick way to, to see how much cash flow are you going to be getting from your apartment. And, and there you can have two options uh, depending on your strategy. So if you're thinking about renting long-term, then what I think it's, it's more or less reasonable, and that of course this would depend uh, on the country, but normally you... You multiply the rent that you hope to get in your apartment by 11. 
So this is the annual cash flow. So you multiply it by 11 because you never know if it's going to be fully booked the whole year or even if it is, you normally have to pay the real estate agent one month. That's more or less an average. So this would be the return. And then you can assume a percentage of costs. I think 15% is rather okay, but this would really depend on the countries because, for example, in Germany, as you know, tenants pay for, for all the costs. In Portugal, it's not the case. For example, in Portugal, landlords pay for many, like the, the garbage and so on. It's landlords who pay. So this 15% is really dependent on the country. But normally, the annual cash flow is the rent multiplied by 11 minus the costs, which you can assume 10, 15% of your return. And then you have your annual cash flow, like uh, this would be a number that that then if you divide it by the price of the property, then you kind of have your estimated return, right? And then for, for short-term rentals or Airbnb, as people like to call it, then it's a bit more tricky. So it's not as straightforward, but not complex. So you have to kind of know there are two seasons for Airbnb. There's the high season and the low season. And then you have to have um, yeah, a price that you estimate you can, you can rent the apartment or the house in the high season, which would be 100, for example, multiplied by the... Um, Occupation rate, so in, in the high season, it's probably higher, 80-90%. And then you have your return for the high season. And then you have to make the same, I hope I'm being clear, but then you have to make the same logic for the low season. So the price, which would be much lower, like 50 euros per night, multiplied by the occupation rate. So the occupation rate also lower in the low season. And then you have like your annual return. And then, of course, you have, again, to deduct the costs. So the costs here are not only 10 or 15 percent, but are if you hire a company, a property manager, they would be around 50 percent of your returns. I think it's, it's clear. So I think we can also provide a basic spreadsheet then after the episode where people can that people can download and, and just see and play around with some numbers. Uh, maybe we can have an example uh, in the in the sheet, and then it might get more clear. I mean, Airbnb, you have to. It's it's really easy. You you just take the high season and the low season, and yet then you have the average. You multiply it by twelve to get the annual, if you want, as you prefer. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Then you have the the annual cash flow that you can generate, and then you can compare with. Um, I mean, what what's your um, what would you estimate like for Portugal for for as a good cash flow? Yeah. So, uh, for example, what I, what I like to do, for example, you have your annual cash flow, which is, I don't know, 10K, right? And then you want to have your return, your, you want to have a 10% return on your investment, right? So, you know, the maximum price you can pay for the property is 100K. Because if you expect your return to be 10K per year, then the maximum price to guarantee your 10% return is 100k you can pay for the property. And this is why it's uh, great to calculate this annual cash flow, because then you already know the maximum price you want to buy the apartment or the house. And it makes it really easy to, uh, if you look through websites um, with potential deals, you can just uh, throw away, you just quickly calculate it and then... If it's if it doesn't fit, then it's you just delete it or skip it. 
it's also good not to further investigate and to see, oh, maybe I can add another flat in the in the basement or I can increase the value somehow. I mean, I would wouldn't do it. I would just um, go from this cash flow and that's that's it. If you if you can then furthermore um, increase the value by adding a garage or whatever, then then it's fine. Then it's it's a bonus. Yeah. Just to interrupt you, one more thing also about the beliefs. I see many people thinking, yeah, I'm going to buy this house because maybe in the future I like to live there. And meanwhile, at least I rent it and I get a 2% return. And uh, I think that's really, I mean, who knows? And they don't really know if they're going to live there or not. And um, meanwhile, they are not doing a great, because they think at least I have a house, you know, it's um, something I can touch and I can feel. But it's really not a good investment sometimes, right? Because if you're just buying a house because you like it and on top, so it's basically they buy the house because they like it and on top they get some return. But then sometimes they are even picky about the tenants because they want the house to be in a good shape and so on. So for me, that's not really a good investment. You really have to be focused on cash flow and not whether you like the house or not. And this is why I don't think it's so important to visit so many places, because if you like it or not, it's really not so important. <laughs> it's not so important. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I could imagine if you if you buy something where you want to live in five five years, then you, you're very picky with the tenants and uh, you maybe also invest more than you, you should into, uh, into the property, maybe improve more that that's needed and yeah that's um, too much emotions involved into the investment but i i know a lot of people thinking like that yeah me too but i think it's better than to use the money for other things that's my personal opinion and then if you move there in five years because who knows nowadays you never you never 100 know where you're going to be in five years right if you're really going to move there then Then you find another apartment, but planning in advance for five, 10 years, and then just uh, putting so much money in something that's not going to yield any, anything special. I don't think it's, it's a good investment. Also, it's a, it's a, it's a big tr transaction. You cannot reverse so easily. I mean, maybe you can, but it's, it's not like selling stock. So it's, yeah, you should think about it uh, in advance. And... Then we have a third. Um, actually, we have four four uh, KPIs or four uh, four numbers. Uh, I mentioned only three. Uh, the next one would be the the percent rule. We we call, we just calling it the percent rule because in 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 the United States it's called one percent rule, but you cannot apply this one percent to to Europe, and that's why we can just call it percent rule. <laughs> So um, if you buy, so percent rule means if you buy for for one hundred k, then you could say, okay, in, in Germany, you aim for 0.1% return. Then you would say, um, you need kind of 100 euros um, in monthly cash flow, right? And how is it in, in the United States? So in the States, it's uh, the 1% rule that uh, we hear about, which I think it's uh, quite ambitious. But uh, yeah, so for a 100k house, it means that you need to have a rent of 1,000 per month. And how is it in Portugal to, to compare? Um, yeah, in Portugal, I would say it's more, I mean, this is a goal, right? So the 1% rule in the States, it's like the objective. You cannot have, I think, much more than that. So this is, you should, that's a quick calculation, let's say, to 
when you buy an apartment, it should be close to the 1% rule. I think in Portugal, it's um, more the 0.5 or the 0.8% rule. So um, I, I'm not sure if there's a proper number. I think there isn't. But uh, 1% is too high. I think it's quite difficult to have this 1%. Because that means in one year, you have 12% of the value of your investment. Right? Yes. It's a lot. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be nice? It would be great, but uh, <laughs> I think it's hard to, to find. Yeah, in Germany, returns are really low. I, I, I see uh, 0.1%. It's, uh, yeah, uh, just have chosen the wrong country to live in. <laughs> but you can invest in others. Yeah, yes. It's good for renting. So if you rent? Yeah, yeah, sure. It's good for the, for the tenant. And then there's a, the, a bonus number. The first one, um, it's a return on your own capital, which um, shows kind of the leverage. So if you if you would buy for your own, uh, just with your own capital, and um, you might get maybe five seven percent turn. But if you um, if you finance by eighty percent, ninety or hundred, then you have a much higher um, higher profits because it's not all of your own money. You need just maybe twenty percent of your own money to make. Uh, 100% uh, profit somehow. Uh, so what, what would you say um, regarding the um, return of, of your own capital? Are you like financing 100% or pay, um, pay off everything really fast? Yeah, so for me, but this is really a personal opinion. I think it really depends on the what your goal is. Um, I like to think of real estate as, um, as investing in a stock. So... Would you buy a stock with 80% uh, leverage? I wouldn't. So for me, my my real estates are mostly funded by me. So I try to save more than 50% before I buy them. And then I, I ask for a loan, but it's really something that I pay quick. I don't ask for a 20-year loan. It's more like a very short-term loan that I can quickly pay with a monthly return and also with my own, the fact that I'm working and I have savings. So I also pay the loan with the savings that I have each month. So this is my strategy. But because I because I really like to think it as another investment. So I put the 100k there and I get um, 7% per year. This is on cash flow only, of course. But um, I, I fully agree that if you leverage, then you can you can buy more apartments and you can really have more profit, of course, because uh, basically you can buy more, right, with the same initial investment. In Germany, the, all the real estate gurus, they say you must finance 100% and don't use your own capital. Uh, you can even find a co-investor that is borrowing you um, your own capital. So you can rent, for example, you can rent from somebody... 20,000 as an own capital and then borrow the, the money from the bank. So you have kind of co-investment or co-investor. But also for me, it's, it sounds really cool and many people are doing it. But um, yeah, I, I could sleep better if, if, I, if I would know that the loan to value is only 75% or something like that um, or 50 um, because then if, if the bank um, re-evaluates the, the value of the property and says, oh, look, it's, it's, it's worth 25% less, then they will do the margin call and ask you to, um, to hand in more, more money suddenly. So it's, it's better. So 50 to 75, uh, I think you can sleep pretty well with that. But if, you, if you're eager to um, buy a lot of uh, properties in, in a short time, 
without being rich, uh, then you might have to finance 100%. Exactly. I think that's not my goal. I really want to create passive returns. So so for me, 7% is really okay. And I still have the properties that I, in my case are not risky, but I guess it really depends on where you invest. I think if you invest in the city, it's always difficult to, to lose value, but this really depends on the price that you pay for it, of course. But uh, yeah, for me, it's more, uh, I have, want to create passive returns and real estate is just one of the ways that you can do it, right? And I don't want to be super rich and super owning a hundred apartments just for the sake of owning them. Because then you have yeah a lot of cash flow coming in, but you also have to pay so many things. Of course, the return is positive, but who knows in the future? In Germany, it's pretty hard to find uh, cash flow positive real estate in, in the bigger cities like, like Berlin and uh, Munich, Frankfurt maybe. So that's really hard. So they uh, they always suggest to look into smaller cities, but there there you get positive cash flow maybe, but you also have the um, for example the risk that the population is is shrinking because people made uh, not not enough babies, <laughs> so that's why you need uh, less um, less houses in in the future, and that that would be one risk. That's why the returns are also. Yeah. And then, then the people um, suggest that you, okay, you, you can go to a small size town and buy there, but there you should buy uh, in a very good, very good neighborhood, like maybe at, uh, near the train station with great infrastructure, not at the border of, of a smaller city. That would be the first place where there's nobody living anymore when, uh, when the population is shrinking. So what's your favorite KPI? Your Favorite profit number, cash flow number? I like the annual cash flow, but it's actually the, um, it's not so quick as the other one. So <laughs> it takes a bit longer to calculate. Yeah, I think I like the the price to rent ratio for, for initial um, scanning the market. Mm -hmm. And, but also the, um, the 1% rule, which is 0.1% rule. <laughs> Um, is um, is also pretty um, pretty easy to to calculate, but later on you may might you might want to use the annual cash flow, and also the the return on capital is really um, I think it's really important because then you can compare with other asset classes. Um, if you say okay, if you have seven percent, but seven percent, then you might you could on your own capital you can also invest in peer to peer for 12%. Exactly. But that's why it's good to compare exactly the return on capital without the leverage just to see the let's say real return and then of course then you can compare peer to peer which is probably higher returns and uh, other asset classes and and uh, because normally you don't invest with leverage, right? So real estate is a an exception because it requires a big uh, investment amount. And um, yeah, I really like the return on capital as well, because that's the kind so first you do the annual cash flow and then you kind of do the return on, on capital after that, right? Okay, then I will not mention that I invest in peer-to-peer -peer with a small <laughs> leverage. <laughs> I, I will not t t um, say anybody. Through the platform uh, or outside the platform, right? I got a small loan from from the bank um, to um, just to increase the the return on my own capital, um, or just to increase the return a little bit. Yeah, but it's slowly it's slowly paid back. So 
I just was, maybe I had some fear of Is missing out. Is it a loan or is it like a personal loan? It's just a personal loan. They, maybe they think I'm buying a, a mobile phone, some new mobile phones. From okay, better to invest than a mobile phone. Yeah. Yes, and they, <laughs> I, I thought it's cool if you get a cheap loan and invest for 15% or something like that, then the returns are really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but also some risk involved, of, of course. The whole point also was to to have a, to do the quick check to find out uh, when you scan the market when you want to buy new property and that you then have this cash flow number to see oh it's it's a profitable property but it's really annoying to scan every day to look into these uh, real estate property portals and scan everything and um, I, I was thinking about can you outsource that work or is there any automation possible i've seen in germany some developer who um, developed a software called immometrica and this software is uh, scanning four major platforms and then you you have a list of of all new offerings And for some offerings, there's also calculated the, the cash flow number um, so that you can see um, the, uh, if it makes sense to invest. It's not for all uh, of the properties, but at least for some. And I think it's pretty cool because you see already also, you can also, also see which deals you already looked into it because there's, um, say you can hide them then afterwards. But is it crowd, uh, real estate crowdfunding platforms? No, no, that this one is for, for real it's not for crowd ah, investing okay it's so it's for real for real real estate <laughs> yeah exactly real real estate yeah and um yeah i have also seen people scraping um scraping data from the platforms uh, and also there are some or very few offerings where you can contract somebody who is um, looking for for property for you because for me for example i'm in different cities during the week and i I cannot just say I'm, I'm leaving the project uh, in, in Munich to look at a property in Berlin during the week because I have to work. Um, that's why for me, it would be really good to have somebody to find deals for me. But also the service needs to be paid. Um, so if you, if you, you can also uh, find in Facebook groups, you can also find people who are offering deals there that you can buy. But it's always comes, uh, comes to question, can you trust these people? Yeah, automation in, in the process of buying, I find it a bit hard. But I mean, because um, I'm not sure. Uh, so either you pay someone to look at the deals, but um, what kind of things is the person going to do? So they're just going to visit the apartment, right? They visit, they they know, they also compare maybe with, with the other properties and also with uh, data from, with data they have, what a good price should be. For the neighborhoods, yeah, and they, they visit, of course. Maybe have, they have also local people to to visit the property faster. Yeah. I mean, after buying, um, you can have a property manager. Um, that, that's easier to find, I think. Exactly. I think after buying, yeah, it's easier to automate because there are so many property managers nowadays. I mean, I think in every country, they are for short-term rental, for long-term rental or, or whatever. In Portugal, there are so many now. And I think in Germany as well, correct? There are many, but you also need to pay them. They are not working for free. Mm, exactly. But normally it's a percentage of what you get. So then let's keep it short and just provide people with the, um, with the spreadsheet um, that they can, can look into it. And also we are able to uh, respond to questions. You can go to our Facebook group, financial-independence.eu slash community. 
And there you can ask questions about it. And um, we send the, I would say we send the link to the spreadsheet in the newsletter, in the next newsletter. So thank you very much for being here. Thank Linus, you, Matthias. And goodbye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. This episode is sponsored by Mintos. And Mintos is the largest peer-to-peer -peer marketplace for European investors and offers a big selection of loans worldwide with regular returns of up to 12% per annum. And FI Europe listeners get 0.5% cashback bonus on their initial deposits. Head over to financial-independence.eu slash Mintos for more information. And the link will also appear in the show notes. Please note, we are no financial advisors, so please do your own research. And by using the referral link, you will also support us to cover the costs of the podcast. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed the show. You can support us by doing this. Subscribing to your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review. Following us on Instagram and Twitter at Financial Independence Europe. Sending us an email with questions and feedback. We would love to hear from you. All the mentioned articles, books and cool resources can be found in the show notes at financial-independence.eu. Thank you for listening and see you next time. <laughs>